I'm doing the theme. I'm doing the theme. I'm doing this funky theme. I'm I'm singing the song. I didn't know what this bit was. Uh, hi, everybody. Um, welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Beck. Uh, and I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato, who was writing an email and had a delay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, our guest today, we're super excited, is um, one of the fellows from Polygon. He's one of the besties. Um, Chris Plant. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. How's it going? You know, it's going well. I I, I, I I wanted more depth, but I reached into my gut and I came back with uh, everything's going okay. That's actually great. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. sort of sort of about the best you can do these days. Yeah, it's pretty much. It's like it's 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 okay. The world hasn't exploded yet. We're good. <laughs> I went to the doctor this morning, and she's like, "You're old now. You need to get an endoscopy." And I was like, "Sounds fine." You know, sure. Everything is so bad. That's yeah. <laughs> that sounds perfectly fine. Yeah, just put put the camera wherever. I don't care anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so before we get started, um, on our 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 topic for the week, uh, we're gonna go through some stuff we're into this week. Uh, Beth, do you have anything? God, I don't know. Sleep. I'm <laughs> yeah. working three shows right now, so I'm just like in rehearsal all the times. I haven't had time to be into anything. I'm sorry. No, that's I haven't. Fair. Oh, well, I don't know. I I do have I actually we talked about this on uh the the live show that I had to do earlier in the week for work, uh, that I actually am really enjoying the Orville, but I'm also a little mad about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That seems to be the consensus. But it's actually very good. What 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 are you enjoying about the Orville? I mean, first off, I'm not a Star Trek person as you know, so I'm not sure. like comparing it to anything. But I think that it's actually exploring some very interesting things very quickly. Um, yeah, you, in a way I, that's like I, I a little a alarming. Yeah, are yeah. you are you the only Orville fan? I don't know. No, actually, I talked to some other people that were like, I also really like it. Were those people oh. Seth MacFarlane? They weren't Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> they weren't Seth MacFarlane. Beth MacFarlane. Yeah. Right. No. Ah, yes. Creator of Family Lady. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like. It's not like a hill I'm going to die on, but I'm enjoying sure, it more sure. than I was expecting to. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that I think that just happens with a lot of his stuff. It's like, yeah, this is okay. <laughs> See, no, that's not how I feel about um, the thing. The thing I'm into uh, this week, and uh, Chris, you you actually have a little bit of expertise in this, is Cuphead, which oh, yeah. uh, kicked my ass for an entire weekend. Um, but he did it. He beat the devil. I, yeah, I, I finally beat the devil after mm. four hours of playing the final level of that game. Um, and then I yeah. realized, oh, I should just switch to the triple shot and then beat him on my next try. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I listened Cup- to him yell a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of swearing over the weekend. Um, Cuphead, if you're not familiar, is a, uh, a video game for the Xbox that is uh, animated by hand like it's a 30s cartoon. And uh, is also, like, a bullet hell shooter. And it's, like, all the things I would like in a cartoon and in a game. And uh, um, Chris wrote a lovely review yeah. on Polygon that you can go read if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Um, if you don't want to just hear Brandon trying to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> but These it- are the toughest games to talk about. I mean, I think we'll run into this later in the show. But I think games that are the pleasure is wholly mechanical. Beyond, sure. obviously, it being a beautiful thing to look at. 
they're tough because they're so simple and you don't want to get into the weeds, right? Like you don't want to be like, well, you have to master dodges and there are different patterns and there's a pink thing and you parry it. And it's like, eh, it, it sounds it sounds so much less interesting than it actually is. Yeah, like, I, I think it's one of those games where if you're like, oh, hey, this looks like a cartoon, everyone's on board. But then, mm. oh, this is also incredibly hard. You know, Contra, it's like that, but worse. Um, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, uh, Chris, is there anything you're into this week that you'd like to talk um, about? Yeah, I mean, I Cuphead, I've been playing um, Shadow of War. Ooh. Which is a, not a great title. It's a sequel to Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, which leads to really confusing branding because I guess Middle Earth is the series, the franchise. Yeah, except for it's a sh- maybe it's the Shadow of series, but it's also hmm. Lord of the Rings, and also War sounds like more and door, so it feels like it should be Middle Earth: Shadow of War door. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, you could call it, it would, that anyway. <laughs> it would be a great game. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, problematic phase. It, much like the original one, the heart of the game is turning um, orcs into your slave army. Um, which right. I don't know why they okay. kept it that way. You you brand them, and then they unwillingly have to work for you until they either are killed, or you just for the fun of it, or to, like, intimidate other orcs, hit a button that makes all of their heads explode at once into Whoa. a uh, mist of gore. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that, like... So it's like Suicide kinda, Squad Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah, I kind of can't believe it's real, because the game is very smart, and it does a lot really well, and it, it's enjoyable. Like, video games, man, when, when you love a medium that largely is about shooting people in the face, you... You, you live in a in a weird moral region, <laughs> sure. But, but but even still, I kind of can't believe that they weren't like maybe you're just really charming, or <laughs> or you have like something they need, or you impress them. The idea of sticking with nah, they're, they're your, you're like you make them slaves, um, is <laughs> it's, a, it, it's certainly a bold choice. What? That, um, yeah, well, like, I don't know. That wh- someone wh- made like given the yeah. source material. Like I don't remember when I was reading The Hobbit. You know them going on their quest and just murdering everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the guy that you play as, he's a mean guy. Um, is it, this, is it and, the same dude from the first people, one? Essentially, yeah. You play as like a, a mean dude named Talion, okay. and uh, a ghost man. He's essentially ghost dad. Sure. Um, <laughs> a movie that nobody should ever talk about now ever again. Nope. Um, but y- your your body has the power of two mean men and both of them very angry and they cut off lots of heads so yeah i mean it's it's a fun game in the sense that it it goes down this idea that the original started that you the future of open world games will be uh every character you meet or at least the medium to big sized ones will you'll develop stories with them like how you treat them will evolve over the game and they'll react differently to you you the only issue is, like, that's a really interesting idea that doesn't quite fit in this franchise and is further made icky by the, uh, they call it, oh, what's the word, dominating, which uh, I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's such a great idea, and I, and I really wish that there were other things I could do to these orcs who I come to love 
other than like maim them or burn off their flesh or the other option you have is to shame them and Ugh. for a while i was like whatever i'll just shame them like i'm just gonna shame people are gonna be so shamed nobody will want to fight <laughs> and i did that to one guy who like started out very eloquent and by the fifth time of shaming him he he went full non-verbal and was just grunting at <laughs> oh, me no. oh no and i just i felt so sad for him that then i i, I dominated quote unquote <laughs> dominated him and then i made him my bodyguard that way he would just have to follow me wherever i wanted just kind of like grunting but that didn't make me feel better either you oh know? no was, yeah was... i'm sorry i feel like i really brought <laughs> down the mood no that's oh. that's awesome and that was one of the more fascinating things about that first game is is the like random encounters it would lead to like i remember one time i was like fighting in some fortress and this like the biggest orc i'd seen so far you know called me out and we started fighting and then another one that i'd fought earlier just rolled up and was like hey i'm here too and, yeah. and suddenly i'm getting oh. attacked on both sides i'm like what the fuck is happening i i i have to share one quick dumb boss fight anecdote it's sure. very fast but the game in the first act builds up to a huge huge battle in this like giant coliseum um and the character comes out and i don't know if it's totally like if they do random rolls on characters as you meet them so that their weaknesses and strengths are different no matter who plays but whatever the case this giant boss comes out and it rolls up his card and it's like oh he's lethally uh vulnerable to poison and i had daggers that don't even hurt the characters they just they have like a 50% chance of poisoning them. So the first thing I did was like throw that and he died instantly and it was like <laughs> mission complete and it rolled like credits on it. <laughs> I was like, wow, th- what a what a great thing that there was supposed to be a big boss fight here that I definitely did not experience because I hit him with a defensive move. That's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of one of my one of my favorite gaming moments ever was at the end of Fallout New Vegas and I was in the in a fight with like the big Caesars Legion guy. And I managed to talk my way out of it. Cause like, I really didn't yeah. want to have a, like a huge fight with this dude. So I just like charmed him into letting me go. And he was like, all right, I'll let you go today. But when I see you again, I'll kill you. It's like, all right, <laughs> works for me. I'm good. <laughs> I'll be done with the game by then. So not a problem. Yeah. Like Ron Perlman's going to start narrating in a minute or two. I'll be good. <laughs> Um, so, uh, with that, let's get on to the topic at hand, um, the game Spelunky, which, um, I only actually ever started playing because you recommended it on the Besties a few years ago, and I was like, that sounds like the kind of game I would be super into, and now I've put maybe 3,000 games over four or five years. (laughs) That sounds about a healthy amount. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, well, the thing with Spelunky is that like your longest game can be, you know, long, and you get all the way to, to the King of Hell or whatever. But then your shortest game could be you started and you got hit by an arrow immediately. Yep. And yeah. died. Some some of those eight second daily challenge runs are a blast. Yeah. Um. So uh, why don't you give us your sort of thirty second pitch on what Spelunky is and why it's great. Sure. I mean, I'll start with Spelunky is the best video game ever. Yes. Put that out there just right up the top. Correct. Um, The idea is it's a cartoonish world. You play at first as an Indiana Jones type. Uh, You can change your characters later on. And you navigate these underground worlds 
uh, that become increasingly difficult to play, though they're pretty difficult from the top. Um, and they're, they're confined boxes. That's not to say you can see everything in the world on the screen, but they're, they're not open world. You're, you're not supposed to always be progressing right, like in a game like Mario. Sure. The goal is you start at the top, and somewhere on the bottom uh, is the exit, and everything in between is procedurally generated. And trying so, to kill you. <laughs> yeah, and trying to kill you. Um, everything, including your, yourself to some degree, because uh, most of the things you do can backfire on you. You have bombs. You're very vulnerable to them. But you are also vulnerable to, say, you throw a bomb off of an edge, and it explodes, and it hits a rock up, and that rock hits you in the face that can kill you. Everything is kind of reactive. Um, and that's what I like about it. It's a game that I, I like the reading process of a game, figuring sure. out like what it wants me to do, right? Like the first time you play Mario as a kid, you, you go right and then you fall off a cliff and then like, okay, well now I need to jump. And you realize that the gold coins are kind of guiding you to how to progress. And gradually you acquire all these different skills. Um, but what's special about Spelunky is the entire game is that. There's just years worth of little skills to learn and, and hidden ways of playing the game. So you mentioned hell. Like the, the first way that you have, most players will play the game is they go through four distinct worlds and then they fight a giant stone head. And if they beat that, which is very difficult, they beat the game. But there are actually tons of ways to launch hidden levels or hidden paths, um, one of them being to reach hell. And, and again, that's what I've really enjoyed about it all these years later is that I think we're kind of at the end of it. I think most of the game's secrets have been discovered. Um, but for, I would say, probably three or four years, it felt like we were finding new, like people were finding new things on a semi-regular basis that had just been hidden inside of the game. And and I like that that the creator, uh, Derek Wu, I think is, or is it Derek Yu? Um, yeah, Derek Yu. That like, he was always kind of cagey about it. Like the, uh, like when people discovered there's an eggplant you can get in the game that seemingly serves no purpose. Isn't there more things am i wrong thinking there's more things in the pc version than there are because you play on ps4 and i feel like there are things that you can't do um i think the only difference is you can't get the sloth okay. uh as your like rescue buddy um, oh i didn't know that was on the table yeah you can yeah i like the pup <laughs> yeah there's like a secret the sloth you can get on the in like an update from like a year ago which never made its way to PS4, which is maybe why I never told you because I, I knew it, you'd want to do it mm. and I wouldn't be able to. I'm going to Google him right now and see what he looks like. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so there, there was this eggplant in the game that, like, it was just there. You could get it if you wanted to, but it seemingly served no purpose. And people, I, I remember before anyone even figured out what you're supposed to do with it, they were, like, hacking the code to get it to the secret final boss and realized, oh, You've got to take this very delicate item, 12, le 16 levels, and then throw it at the boss, and it makes him a one-hit kill. But given the random nature of the game, that's, like, nearly impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, is, which is one of the, like, the cooler things about it is that, he, is that there's nothing in the rulebook saying you need to do this. It's just, here's a thing, discover it, and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting because 
the original Spelunky was made as Flash. Oh, I'm gonna get it wrong. It, but it was it was a free shareware game. Yeah. That you could download on PC. It had a, a much more pixelated uh, aesthetic, and the design isn't so different between that and what you play on PC or PS4. But it's weird how I guess prescient it was in understanding how people engage with games through the internet because it really is a game that has benefited tremendously from people sharing all these discoveries um and and really the like speedrun community oh yeah and i it, there there are so many different ways to win the game whether that's you know a no hit run or don't collect any gold or just straight up speed through the core of the game or speed run through hell or speed eggplant run um it it's weird that for a game that doesn't really include any objectives, there are a whole hell of a lot of ways to actually play it as if they're there. Oh, yeah. And and when you're first sort of learning the ropes of it, um, like, just doing any step of, like, a larger thing can feel so, like, monumental. Like, I remember yeah. when I had, like, early on, there's a dude named Tunnel Man who you run into between worlds, uh, there, there's four areas in the game. It's a jungle, or it's it's a, like a mine shaft, and then a jungle. It's the mines, the jungle, the, the ice caves, caves. Uh, the castle. Uh, yeah, the uh, the castle, and then hell as a secret thing at the end. And bet- and when you're first and starting in between, out, there's other things. Yeah, but other um, secret levels. Yeah, but uh, while you, when you're first starting out, uh, in between each world, you'll run into this dude, Tunnel Man. Who's like, hey, help me out, uh, bring me a couple bombs so I can, like, make you a shortcut. And eventually you have to, like, bring a key from anywhere in the first four levels to him at the end of, like, level 12. And I remember working so hard for, like, a week trying to get that fucking key to this dude. And when I finally did it, I felt like the king of the world. Yeah. And there's like there's a there's another like greater progression you can do where you like that gets you to hell. And it was the same thing of like, oh, the first time I did, you know, step one of this, it took hours. And now it's just sort of, you know, the thing I do without thinking. But the just the sheer level of like things to do that are optional is really impressive. I've never played yeah. it, but I have a lot of opinions when he's running through on what he should do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, I've watched him play it enough that I know all the different stages. Actually, that's not true. You tried to have me play it once, and it went very badly. I did. Um, I'm infamously very, very bad at video games. Specific- she didn't know you could run in Mario until like. Okay, you brought this up on the podcast before, and I have defended this on the podcast before. <laughs> in that, why would I? Why would I have just assumed that the game would let me do something that it wasn't telling me to already do? <laughs> because I think that's a very fair question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're right. <laughs> so whatever. Um, are you uh, generally a rogues a roguelike fan, Chris? Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, I I uh, sure. I, I mean, mean, I, this I, is I like rogue light. <laughs> yeah, I I like games that allow me to play in short sessions. I have I outside of when I was kid i i feel like i've rarely made time to play a game for more than an hour or two at a go sure. except for when i am reviewing it 
professionally. Sure. So um, I I don't know if that makes me a bad gamer or what, but I I don't know. I always get the it's kind of like for me eating the full bag of candy whenever I play a video game for too much longer. That right, I. I feel like I should be enjoying it, but I mostly just feel like a little like overwhelmed and nauseous. Um, where roguelikes, I, I something like Splunky is so nice in that one, I can play it for a half hour and be done. But two, by it restarting, it creates a bit of an illusion of oh, I haven't been playing that long. Like I, I've had this with um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds too. Sure, those are the rare games where I'll play for two hours, three hours, and be kind of surprised because it's like well i've only played three or four games it's like well sure but each of those took 30 to 40 minutes um so it adds up pretty quickly uh so yeah i but in terms of like the genre itself yeah i i i like the idea of rapid growth followed by just a complete removal of all of your progress which again is probably why i'm playing player unknowns battlegrounds to that point yeah, that 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 makes sense. And I think there was a sort of wave of games like this. I'd say that maybe peaked about 2-3 years ago of yeah. like Spelunky, uh oh god, what was that uh what was the one Rogue Legacy? Um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Like I, I La Mulana, I believe was kind of similar. Um of like these roguelike games that had a little bit of progression to them. And yeah. it, it gave you just, like, a little bit more than, like, oh, I just have to Totally said. Yeah, which can, like, feel brutal if it's not yeah. done well. Yeah. I think the other thing that I like about these games is that you are retaining something. You're retaining your skill, and your skill is valuable, and your skill is rewarded. I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2 lately. Sure. Um. <laughs> And I guess I've liked it. I mean, I admire it. There's a lot of about the design that I really admire. Um, but I wish I wish I just had thought of it as a single-player game because I feel like I am perpetually chasing all of my friends and peers uh, so that I can participate in any of the online things. And that is a frustrating thing to me about a lot of modern AAA games is, one... You you don't you don't get better. You just unlock levels of skill that make you better. Like your your weapon magically becomes more powerful. Um, and two that you can actually not get to play things with people, not because you don't match them in skill, but because you don't equal them in raw time committed to the game. Sure. And I I just that that gets me. Like I I I think time as an arbitrary metric of like making you good at a game is is not really my my thing yeah and and like that that is super frustrating uh with a lot of like bigger games too of just feeling like i have to put 60 hours into this thing but it doesn't feel like i'm growing at all and like with something like spelunky or rogue legacy or something like that like, you, like you're just learning so much every time. Like I'm still years later. Every time I play, feel like I'm getting just that little bit better, and like am able to maybe do a little more advanced like bomb stunt than I would have been able to six months ago. And I, and I think that's a lot more interesting a progression 
than like, oh, I just I ran through the movie that it was trying to show me and then that I got to control every so often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, well, how about you? Are, are Do you play a lot of other games like this? Um, it it kind of depends. Uh, Spelunky, uh, I really latched onto because it's a platformer. And at the end of the day, I think that's my favorite genre. Um, and it's one you don't see too much of anymore that doesn't feel kind of gimmicky, you know, or like, you know, uh, I, I like that it was a throwback to it felt like like randomized Mario. And if there was a way that I could play, you know, if if Mario was different every time, I'd still be playing Mario World every day. Um, yeah. But a lot of a lot of games like this can feel really either daunting in just how complicated they are or the difficulty just like becomes too much. Like I put a bunch of hours into FTL, which I really enjoyed, but I never got past the first set of worlds because it was just so hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had a very similar experience with that game. I also think that being portable goes a long way. Oh, totally. I, I, I've always enjoyed Splunky a lot. I think it hit me at a time when I was playing console games probably more than I have at any other point in my life, again, other than being a teenager. Um, but it's stuck with me because I can play it on a PlayStation Vita. Like, if I could play FTL on a Vita, maybe I would finally finish it you could play anything um, on a vita now <laughs> yeah true very true <laughs> on a on a what yeah. <laughs> i i i just think here's my theory are you ready for this sure playstation vita 2 they're gonna announce it at e3 2018 they're back baby <laughs> playstation this is this is what's gonna keep them going into the next generation it's just gonna be a giant playstation vita 2 the, if they just called it the new uh, the new, the new Vita. Vita 2DS XL, every, people would probably buy it. It would. It would. I mean, they could just call it the Vita because most people don't know what the hell they'd be talking about. Yeah. That's true. I I can never keep track I mean, of if the Vita or PSP was first, with and I don't think anyone down, can either. As much as that's crazy and not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> with the size of the Switch, like the portable Switch, people use that, and that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not no unreasonable joke. to think about. I, 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 my thing is, I, they, I, one of some some uh, Sony mouthpiece went uh, like did an interview recently and said that they're not, there's no plans for Vita two, and that you know the handheld market is whatever and and not really valuable in America. And all I can think is, dang, if they released a portable piece of hardware, I don't care what it is, it looks like the Switch. And it only played PlayStation 2 and PS3 games. It would be the biggest video game console oh, of yeah. all time. Oh, it, yeah. It would, it, so, like, it their would own version so of the, money. like, NES, the Super NES, like, Super NES Classic. Yeah. Like, they just released that for PS2 and 3 games. Yeah, they'd be set. Um, uh, and there's probably only, what, like, I 30 games you a lot of Kingdom Hearts because wanna... I'm kind of hot, hot trash. Um, <laughs> don't worry about it. Man, Fuck that the gummy would, ship, though. That would be cool, just like a portable PS2 box. I remember, oh god, what was that thing called? Um, back in the Genesis days, the there was a portable was it the you game? could buy. Fuck that too. Say what? Nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's there, personal, personal problem. <laughs> 
Uh, there was the, a, the Sega Nomad. Yes, the Sega Nomad, which, like, I remember <laughs> even back then, that seemed like a both a crazy idea and also the most logical idea in the world. Like, oh, yeah, of course, it's just a, it's a portable Genesis. But then it, it probably took, like, 15 D batteries to play for an hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... It's amazing that that thing lasted uh, more than 15 minutes because the Game Gear lasted 45. I remember the Game Gear had Sonic on it, and you you basically could not finish Sonic in the amount of time that the battery lasted, which yep. was the definition of gotta go fast because <laughs> um, you just couldn't. <laughs> um Yeah, and, and I think it's really cool that we're to, to the point now where, where like that promise has kind of come true both with like the vita and the 3ds which are you know a little bit lower hardware wise but now with the switch where it's like oh you can just you can literally play zelda wherever which seems still seems insane but also oh yeah it's 2017 of course you should be able to do that (laughs) so no go ahead uh uh, so speaking i was gonna say speaking of spelunky Everybody I know who plays it has their own, like, least favorite enemy and, like, favorite yes. thing. Good co- <laughs> And I was yeah. wondering what you're... I know what Brandon's are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what are what they? Brandon, Brandon is still so... When I watch him play, he, he freaks out when the bats fly near him. They're, like, the smallest enemy in the game, but he feels like they're so erratic that he still jumps into them all the time. Yeah, fuck the bats. Yeah. I think the bats is a good call because they they come at you at a diagonal and slowly at a, at a funny pace, right? And that that just doesn't work. It is I I I, I forgot about this entirely, but I I remember long ago wanted to write something about this that it's a weird thing to introduce you to so early because it is it go it's at odds with the way combat works in the game. But I yeah, guess it's none of the other enemies really move that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe yeah, the aliens a move a little that way, but yeah, but they're still yeah. Vert- oh but, yeah, they do. They do go up and down. But yeah, he uh, he will. I will be watching him play, and he'll literally like anything in his hands, whatever. He'll just stop and like drop the ball and just stand there and wait for the bat to get near him to kill it. <laughs> like. Forget it's, a speed run. He just wants to kill all the bats. Yeah, it's the the bats and those the the sliding blocks when you get to the castle. Um, oh yeah, that can just come out of nowhere and just come flying from off screen. <laughs> yeah, those. The, I, I'm trying to think of what. Wait, what is your? What are the things you like then? Um, I I really I find it very satisfying to uh, to bounce on the yetis. Yes, and, uh, that, is, that is good. Oh no, not the Yetis, the mammoths. Well, well, but pretty you much can anything bounce on in the, the Yetis too. Well, you can like you can just jump on them normally. Can kill them. Um, but, but yeah, like you can really bounce on that uh, little woolly mammoth guy. Um, all of the like all the, the enemies in the ice caves are really really cute. <laughs> I like the noise the little mammoth makes when you bounce on him, or when he, he sounds like he's sneezing and he sneezes out ice. I mean, it sucks if you get caught in it because he freezes you, but but the little like. Ching! noise he makes when he sneezes yeah. um yeah i mean there's so many and there's so many other levels that like we haven't even talked about that have like their own unique enemies too yeah. that well, also suck but anyway but what uh what, but what about you chris 
Um, uh, I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, I I really like the shopkeeper. Oh yeah. Um, just the the entire concept of it and the risk reward and the gradual mastering of like taking out the shopkeeper, um, and that it never. It's just not totally reliable for me. I've never become one of those people who can perform the perfect shopkeeper takeout 100% of the time. So it always feels like a a gamble for me to go after uh, the shopkeeper in the game. And then in terms of stuff that I don't... I would say my number one nemesis is... A combination of the bouncing arrow. You've triggered an arrow. It bounces and falls down from above you because you've just jumped into a hole. It hits you and knocks you into a piranha plant. Yep. Um, I think that has happened to me so many times. And the piranha plant in general because basically it's a. Uh, there's a certain chance that your body will be made to go limp by getting hit by something off of an edge. And then you will bounce until you hit a piranha plant and get eaten. In one in one hit, uh, that is pretty brutal. I love how it will though. Like you can already be dead, and it will keep playing the game until your body has come to rest. Yeah. Uh, it will let you bounce all over the screen. It will do all kinds of things. Because when you die, I love the, the very specific descriptions of how you died. Like if you fell and died, you died of brain damage. It says that when you died, like on your final screen, you died of brain damage. Even if you ended up in that piranha plant, if you were dead first. That's what it says. <laughs> or, or, or when you when you die in the city of gold, it's like you died of brain damage, but it's a beautiful tomb. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, a little whoa. Spelunky's a little goth <laughs> on its uh on its uh, final pages, and you can see if you check out uh, one thing is I like about it too is if you check out like your journal or your stats or whatever, like it'll tell you how many times you died, how many times you actually won the game as it classifies winning, um, and like how many ways you've died the different way it's it's keeps a lot of very morbid stats yeah <laughs> i haven't checked those in a long time i i'm gonna do that right after the show i'm a little concerned what i will find yeah well that's how he knows that he's played so so we had the we you originally had this when we had the ps3, PS3 yeah. and played it a lot and then when we got the ps4 he basically had to start over again but we so we have so you don't have like an accurate record of all the times you've played because it's between the two games. But I remember we looked once on the PS3 before we moved and it was like very high. It was yeah. like he'd played like 600 games in one three or like two. Oh, yeah. It was definitely higher than that. It's like out of like 2000. I think I've I think I've beaten uh, King Yama like 20 times. Uh, no, no, uh, not King Yama, uh, the gold skull guy. And then I've beaten the final boss once. <laughs> See, I remember oh, the nice. first. I remember the first time you even beat the Gold Skull guy, though, and like I was there, and you were so pumped. Like he was, it was such a reward after going through, you know, a thousand games or whatever. It still felt rewarding. It didn't feel like God, I've been doing this forever. Yeah, because it yeah. is so varied, and you do discover things along the way. Um, do you do you have a like a sort of most triumphant or like biggest oh God, I'm a dipshit moment you can think of? Ooh, I mean, every morning when I wake up is a little bit of both. <laughs> sure. Um, but same, same. In, in, in Spelunky, uh, whew, I, I guess my like most beloved moment is the first time 
that uh, my my pal Russ Prushtick, who I worked with at Polygon a long time ago, and now I work there with him again. We were playing through on uh, co-op, determined to actually beat the game, and about, I would say, 10 seconds into the final level, and this is not beating out on hell, just like the main version of the game, sure. he turned to me and uh, whipped me into uh, death, and then <laughs> carried my dead body to the end of the game, um, and... I, and I got the achievement, you know, that's what mattered at the time. <laughs> sure. Um, but I will never forget that, and I will never forgive him, uh, <laughs> I think is what I'm trying to say. Uh, that's, yeah, I've never played much of the uh, the co-op, uh, if only because she's not much of a, like, platform gamer, but it seems brutal um, in the way you can just, like, relentlessly fuck with someone if you wanted to. Um Almost like those, uh, like the Mario 3D World games, where like, yeah, they're good Mario games, you know, but it's more fun to play with three or four people and just like throw each other off and try to steal the crown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the thing we haven't even talked about. Uh, the local multiplayer for the for Spelunky. Yeah. Another um, wonderful thing. Uh, like like I was saying, I haven't I haven't gotten to do much of it, but uh, what do you what do you enjoy about the 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 multiplayer? Um, what do I enjoy? Uh, all of it, I guess, would be my my big stuff. Um, I like I I, I like how frenetic it is. I like that it takes all of the environment reacting to everything. Um that happens in single player and throws it into, you know, a messy four person fight. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it feels like it has a lot of the charm of the normal game while allowing itself to have a messiness that I don't think, uh, the, the normal game has with good reason. It, it the, the normal, the single player in co-op benefits from like, a obsession with precision and everything being in there for a reason while the multiplayer i feel like is the the outtakes i guess yeah that that makes sense and especially because of just how insane the multiplayer is it's it's basically a much more crazy version of the like old uh mario brothers arcade game um only now you've got bombs and space guns and ropes um but yeah, it's it's bonkers the little bit I've played. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it is very charming. I, I just, uh, I, I guess the only really like final point I would have is, I, I wish there were a sequel. You know, I yeah. I hate being that person. I don't like. I don't want to be that guy. I I like that I have a good thing and I can enjoy it forever. And I want Derek you to do whatever he wants with his life, but. I also would like him to spend a lot of that time making a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that the other day, too. Or even just, like, an expansion. Like they've been doing with Binding of Isaac, where it's just, here's some more stuff. Yeah. Part of, I mean, part of it, though, is that it is a lot of even the secret stuff and the expanded stuff in Spelunky is so intertwined in the path of it. I mean, that's that's one thing, as much as Spelunky can be very random i do appreciate that there are very specific choices you make and there's there's certain paths you can take and you have to as you're going once you know them all 
you know, weigh the pros and cons of, oh, do I want to take this shortcut? Do I want to go through this level? Do I want to go into the spaceship? Do I want to bother with the city of gold? Do I want to go into the worm? Um, like, is this weapon worth it for me? Which um, Brandon always says no. Um, yeah. and, and But they are very specific paths that you take. Like, once you've gotten a certain piece or you, you've taken a certain path, like, you're kind of you go around other things you know so like if you expanded spelunky like how do you how do you do that without messing with those paths that's a very good point but you'd also have more spelunky though i know but i'm saying if you expanded it rather than just giving us another one true but yeah yeah i don't i really don't know i mean that might be why there is not another one because it is it is a ecosystem unto itself it's a flow chart it's like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, like, to make another one, the best you can do is repeat that. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. So, yeah. yeah. Like as uh. much as much as I would want a spelunky two, I don't, I don't know if I'd want one that just felt like, oh, here's a different set of levels, you know. Um. But you'd play it. Oh, I'd play the hell out of it. Um. <laughs> Uh, I think about a year ago, uh, Derek, you wrote a book that's just all about the development of Spelunky that's really fascinating and goes super in-depth into just, like, how the game works. And there's it was really interesting to get concrete answers on, like, stuff that I had only just sort of, like, had a vague notion of, of, like, oh, how a level is built or, like, where where things would land you know in the progression um did you ever uh, get a chance to read that book i haven't i actually have that on my kindle i'm about to go on vacation next week and that is my my gift to myself <laughs> is to sit on a beach and read absurdly <laughs> focused uh writing on uh, one specific video game that's Sounds like the most dope vacation ever, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it'll be nice. You know, it's gonna bring me joy. Um, I'm gonna learn all the deep secrets. <laughs> I'm gonna well, finally learn the origin of the eggplant. I hope. Um, well, and yeah. Speaking of the uh, speaking of expanded uh, items or whatever, so it was originally built. It's it's open source when it's on the PC, so people have built mods for it. Right? Yeah. Like, there's the mod that makes every enemy a frog. Um, I know we you don't play oh, on yeah. PC. He doesn't play. Brandon doesn't play on PC. I don't know if you've ever played it there. But there there is, like, a whole variety of mods that PC players can use to make the game different and more challenging. But that doesn't translate to the other platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Blue Frogs one was crazy. It made every enemy in the game look like a Blue Frog, but still had its normal properties. Uh, so you had no way of knowing what was attacking you or if the blue frog that was next to you was going to freeze you or explode. Oh, uh, that sounds, I, I'm getting like chest pain just yeah. thinking about that. Yeah. It like, it's, it like, I, there's a bunch of, uh, runs of it on YouTube where it's just like, oh, I finally got to the point where this game doesn't make me anxious anymore, and here's a whole new way to get anxious about it. 
Um, so I guess, I guess final, sort of final Spelunky oh, question. Oh yeah, no, go There's ahead. There's so many different guys. Who do you, who's your favorite? That was my question. Oh, okay. That was giving me my question. Never mind. He had the same question. Uh, yeah, of. I like all the little guys. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> That's what happens when you're, when you're married, you just like start to share a brain. <laughs> um yeah so if you, uh, there's like 16 different characters you can unlock through the course of the game which one's your favorite uh, how about you answer first who's your go-to when you mine. play all right um i i really really like uh one go-to yeah i i almost always play as the blue guy who is wearing like a pith helmet and has these awesome sideburns They're called mutton chops uh Fair enough. And I think I've I think I've started referring to him as like the lieutenant or something like that. And anytime I'm I'm going to like jump to my death for, you know, to unlock a thing, I'll wind up going like for the queen. Yeah, do you do really you know does. who that guy is? Like who it's supposed no. to be? It's it's another game developer, but I don't remember yeah. his, his name offhand. It, it's the he he created the game, well, I believe him and his wife and a few other people, but they're they're all developers, and they created Fantastic Contraption. It's oh well, it was right, a traditional game before this, but it's now probably best known as a VR game. But they're very, very, very talented. I actually was at a uh, Spelunky playoff. Oh wow! To find yeah, it was it was heavy with uh, a bunch of indie developers in uh, New York a few years ago. And the prize was the original hat that he wears. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I did not win. I did not come <laughs> even close. The the uh, creator of uh, Johann Sebastian Joust, the uh, game sure. you play with move controllers. Oh, yeah, he likes that one. We, we've yeah, played that. Doug is uh, the best person outside of like the type of people you see on YouTube just destroying it. He is of people I know who, like, doesn't play it, like, literally just play Spelunky for a living uh, is pretty fantastic, and I believe he won that tournament. Wow, that's that's always a fun moment when you're like, I'm really good at this game, it's my favorite game, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to show him, and then you just get your ass handed to you. And you're like, yeah. oh, oh, right, I have other things I have to do in my life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, Chris, so who's yours? Um, Honestly, I mostly play as the normal, the like the default. That's fine. That's a fair choice. I know. I just, I it's like I like the he's idea classic. of like likable Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. 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 And when I play multiplayer, I play as the uh, woman with bow and hair. Okay. I think she wears like a green outfit and a green bow. Oh, sure, sure, um, sure. Because she stands out against the background very easily. Oh, that makes sense. I like the little bear hat guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Little, bear like, hat like guy is guy also very blue, good. Like the little blue bear hat. Tuft. Yeah. And it it, uh, it puts a little outline around your heart meter. With whatever color you are. No, they all do. Oh, oh they all I, for, they I forgot all they do. all do yeah, that. Yeah, you just, you can't see it very well because you're usually playing as the dark blue guy and it blends in. Yeah. But every time you play the game, because um, I'm not playing, I've had a lot of time to like look at the screen and notice a lot of like cool design things that you may not notice if you're like running around trying not to die. Yeah. Um, and ended up pointing them out to him. So like one of them is that whatever character you play as, there's a small outline around your heart meter that's like the primary color of your character um and um i just i don't know there's like a lot of really cool like design things that 
are in the background and they can sometimes help indicate gameplay but if you're just running around trying not to die you're maybe not looking for them yeah it's it's helpful to sometimes have a co-pilot to be like hey did you see that <laughs> no i didn't because i was trying to not get thrown into a pit of spikes yeah. by a monkey yeah i always think it's interesting though that of all the ways that you can of, of the ways that the game clocks you winning, I've always found it interesting that the daily challenge is ranked on how much gold you get. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I with The first time when he started doing them, I was like, that seems like a strange... I mean, I, I guess I guess it's the only... Since there's no scoring, I guess it's really the only mechanic you have to, to rank people in that kind of forum because basing it on how far you get is a little arbitrary because... You could have had the greatest run ever, but only gotten, you know, two levels in and then died for some reason that's not your fault. But it just seems like so when you're not playing the daily challenge, like not necessarily the most integral to the game, especially if you're going to go into the black market and kill the shopkeeps. I don't know. I yeah. just always thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. And it's especially weird because making it about that has like created weird runs where it's all about turning the entire stages into rubble and then waiting for the ghost to come and then having the ghost turn everything into diamonds. diamonds yeah. yeah and it's that that is maybe the yeah. least interesting type just of changes, run to watch it changes the way you play the game and like what you're yeah you spend all this time mining and like really farming for gold instead of like yeah having fun running through the levels i mean it's still fun but it's just it's interesting because i feel like it's it's you suddenly for this one game a day if you're playing the daily challenge you're suddenly playing a different way than you might otherwise yeah i i after a while just sort of stopped trying it for the gold like i just looked at it as like here's my here's my one shot for today because i'd spent so many years playing a bunch of games every day now i'm at the point where it's like okay i'll do my daily challenge and that'll be my spelunky for the day and uh that's made it feel like there's a little bit less pressure to like get that high score, to, like to really get good uh, GUD. Uh, <laughs> I do think it's annoying that whenever you die, whenever you die, the game rather than saying game over says GGEZ. <laughs> um, are you are you looking forward to uh, UFO fifty? Yeah. Uh, y- yeah. I mean, I honestly haven't stuck too closely to it i know the general idea of what's going on but i mean have they said much beyond this this is the 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 project that i i guess derek is organizing that they're collecting 50 different small games from different developers is that right yeah it's like him and four other guys oh so i so i guess i guess it would be maybe 10 games per person um yeah I think at, at like Gamescom or something like that, they they showed off a couple of the little mini games, and they all seem like really cool concepts. Um, I don't I don't think it'll have the legs that Spelunky has, but I, I think the idea of basically making a super professional version of those like bootleg NES carts with like seventy five games on them that don't work is a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I mean I I I guess I don't know. It's just all such a mystery to me. I like I like so much about it. I just I'm I'm 
reluctant to have an opinion even though it's from people or at least from one developer i really like until i see it it because visually it reminds me of have you seen the pico pico games uh it sounds super familiar but i think i'm thinking of patapon yeah it's like a i believe it i'm gonna get it wrong but there there is a very small engine made by a developer who also runs a coffee shop just outside of tokyo okay and um yeah and people have designed all these kind of like very short small games for that in mind and they look very 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 similar to uh this project and it was a really fun idea but there hasn't been a lot in it that i would say is Anything that would break out into the mainstream in any capacity. Not that it was even meant to be that. Sure. But I, I, I'm, like, reluctant to get excited for this until, like, I have, like, a strong sense that this is something that uh, is made to last versus, like, an art project that's entertaining these people who, like, have had very successful video games and don't really need to, like, make something, you know, that works sure. and lasts a long time. Yeah, that 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 makes a whole lot of sense. Um, are there any are there any games coming out this like super packed fall that you're you're really looking forward to? Ooh, uh, Mario. Yeah, I, I think that's the big one. Um, and I don't know. How about you? What what are you looking forward to? Basically, just Mario. Um, <laughs> I just want Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I'm that person. Yeah. Yes. Wait, can you can you sell me on it? Why why do I want to go back for these two? Because I, I mean, <laughs> I get a lot of replay out of them. I I've sure. never once completed my Pokedex, and every new game is a new chance for me to like. This time I'm gonna do it right. This time I'm not gonna get angry on Route Eight and just run past with a bunch of repel on. Um, and. <laughs> And they're adding some new things, and I always like when they they add like new content. They're changing it up a little bit. Um, I played Omega Ruby uh, as well, and I got a lot of I got a lot of satisfaction out of it um, in a way that I didn't think I would, because um, I was like, oh, whatever, it's just the same. But no, they 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 do enough, they do enough, and it's also been far enough separated since I you know blew through Moon last year that. It feels new and fresh because I've done so much in the time since then that I don't necessarily re- remember everything I did. Um, like I actually recently opened up my copy of Moon again because I was like, I don't think I finished beating this. And then I spent like 30 minutes like running around Pony Meadow and then I was like, oh, no, wait, I did. I did finish this. OK, never mind. Um, and I shut it down. I just I'm pumped. I like I just like Pokemon. I like Pokemon. I also am one of the like three humans on Earth who still plays Pokemon Go. So I'm just I like Pokemon. Uh, plus, you can get that Diglett with the Sammy Hagar hair. Ugh, Diglett is the worst Pokemon, but we're not getting into Diglett that again is the on best. This. Pokemon. Burn him down. We've, <laughs> we have already had this argument on this podcast about Diglett being the worst Pokemon. We we yeah we did an episode about the show Bunheads a while ago that very quickly devolved into us having a domestic dispute over whether or not Diglett is the best or worst Pokemon. Don't drag other people into this. Don't drag other people into this home fight. I, I, yeah, I, feel like I, I feel like I'm right on the edge of diving into something that I could regret. <laughs> yeah, this is a house divided. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, I think Mario's just sort of the big one for the year. I, I had a moment after E3 had wrapped up with all of the coverage and stuff, like I came home from like I was out or something, I was like, 
really stoned and wanted to play video games and legitimately got sad that I couldn't come home and play Mario Odyssey uh, for like four more months. <laughs> I mean, the, the way the better way of looking at it is you got four months to enjoy life before you gave yourself entirely to Mario Odyssey. That's that's true. Um, it's just it's so it's so crazy to me that like the best Zelda and possibly the best Mario are coming out in like the same year and that like that's going to have to be a game of the year discussion that like thankfully I'm not a games journalist I'm not going to have to make that call but <laughs> it's yeah he's just uh, going to monopolize our TV for an eternity yep <laughs> yeah i fitting time in at this point is the toughest part and i don't know why i'm taking a vacation right in the middle of it um because that will make it not great when i get back but at the same time playing video games it, you just have it's to, like, really you have to prepare your body and soul for mario for the coming of mario that's true that's true that that is what the actual you have to, vacation like, center is. yourself ready it's more of a ritual yeah <laughs> there you go and oh that's 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 gonna be a crazy day too because that's the same day that assassin's creed and wolfenstein uh come out also, um, my favorite band is Fish, and they're releasing a four-disc live album that day. Like, it's nice. just a, it's just a crazy yeah. day. I'm just gonna come home from work, and he's just gonna be listening to that album and playing Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm going to walk in on. I can already see the future. Mm-hmm. And it is <laughs> what a bright. special day. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be like Christmas. It's gonna be like Christmas here. Uh. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, for talking with us today. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you for, you know, introducing me to my favorite game via my favorite games podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I am glad to hear that. I'm sorry that you have not found a better podcast than our mess <laughs> of a show. Well, um, see, but I we, appreciate it. We uh, this this past year, we went on the Joko cruise and we actually met Justin and Brandon also was like, oh, the besties is the best. And he was like, no. No, 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 no. Shh, no. <laughs> you, you poor like, sweet child. Yeah. And he was like, never listen to it again. Oh, yeah. Every, every time I've, I've met him, especially like when they're when you guys weren't doing the show, I was like, hey, bring back the besties. And he's like, nope, nope, nope. He's like, no, I can't. It's, it is it is a curse that we all in, endure. But uh, I, I appreciate your your generosity of spirit and kindness. Um, does not um, go unnoticed. If people want to, you, you can you can tell. I was gonna say if it makes we we can neg you if you want and say I'm sorry I don't listen to the besties, but I listen to all those ladies you have over there on the Polygon show. So oh my gosh, that show is good. That show is very good. like there's a new one today. Much, I'm gonna listen to it after this. <laughs> yeah, it is so much better. It's like if you if you're like, hey, the thing about this besties show would be what if the people were entertaining and likable, <laughs> and then they made that show and it exists and it's called the Polygon Show. That's my plug. Plug in a thing i'm not on <laughs> uh yeah the polygon show is is an absolute delight um if people wanted to find more uh christopher thomas plant uh where and how could they do that uh you can find me at polygon.com it's a website and you can find me on twitter at plant but with an e at the end because it's french in origin <laughs> uh Cool. Um, I can be <laughs> I can be found across the internet at Hell Yes Brandon um, on all of the media platforms. Um, my sketch team, the Pinup Squirrels, has a show at Nerdist 
on Friday, October 22nd, which will that's be going to be before prior this to when goes this up. episode goes out. <laughs> so that's for no one. Um, my uh, I also just got uh, hired to write for the house team gunslinger at the pack theater. Uh, so everyone should come check us out in the second wednesday of uh november at 10 o'clock okay that will be after this that yeah that that will be after this one uh beth what about you all right you can find me online at at girl adactyl um i'm still working on three shows god help me i don't know i can't remember when time is i don't know follow my shit you'll see if you want to see any live theater in la specifically um and yeah you can follow the podcast at, at intuit pod if you have any suggestions you can email us at intuitpod at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to uh, Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. I think that's it. I think I ran through all of it. <laughs> Sorry that you had to sit through that, Chris. Thank you again for coming on. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. I apologize. My dog started barking right when y'all started doing uh, plugs, oh, and no. I felt horrible. I was like, I... Postable is gonna be in trouble. No, is, that's I'm, all right. We've if, your dog's name is Postable. Yeah, like a bowl of pasta. That's oh, great. I, Pos- I could tell. Yeah, Postable. Yeah, I thought it was like post. Like that's impossible. Like, like Kim Postable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's better. <laughs> no, uh, that's all right. We spent the entire show uh, just like occasionally picking my cat up and putting her back down on the floor, and then she would climb back up here and try to walk across the computer, and then we'd pick her up and put her back down on the floor. Um, perfect <laughs> yeah that's all right um well cool so all that being said uh podcast over <laughs> okay bye, bye.